Boker Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. After giving an overview of the whole uh, structure of prayer, so now we begin the Birchas HaShachar, the morning blessings. And the title, of, we're on page Men Gimel in my copy of the Sefer. And uh, the t- title of the chapter is Birchas HaShachar Yesod Avodas Hayom, the foundation of the service that we have during the day. So Rapinka starts off with a very important rule when we deal with Avodah Hashem, is that we always have to try to focus and grab on to the fundamental central point that there is when you want to grasp a lot of ideas. Okay? It gives an analogy. Let's say you want to pick up something. You want to pick something up big stick okay so what's the best place to pick it up from or let's say something is let's say even better something's as big boxes on the floor so what's the best place well the easiest one is grab it from the very top that's the easiest because it's the closest uh, but once you pick it up but there's still much more that has to go up so now you have to find a way to get your hands to come down and pick a little more up, pick a little more up. But if you pick it up from the very bottom, from the foundation, now you've got the whole box. Okay, so let's, I mean, let's look at all the issues that we have to carry in our lives and deal with successfully. We have to deal with arrogance, lush and horror, guarding our eyes, breaking our lusts okay and that's and that's besides the fact we have to have diligence in Torah successful prayer successful chesed how many things we have to do different things so many areas have to be dealt with and each one would need a specific way to approach it so therefore what would be the smartest way to go about it? Try to find the foundation of it all. All of them revolve around one foundation. And then we can have a concept, like it says in the Torah, that a little bit is able to contain a lot. Okay, so we have to focus on what's the main point of it all. Okay, and if we can win the main point, then all the other areas fall into place. So it gives an example. Let's say we talk about Midos. There's so many Midos. Which is the first one, and that's the main one you should grasp? What positive quality or versus negative should you grasp onto? Should it be being philanthropic? No, it's the working on Gaiva, arrogance. Because humility, all the good meetups depend on humility. A humble person doesn't get angry. A humble person is not particular. A humble person doesn't speak lush and hara. A humble person gives in. A person who's arrogant, he doesn't give on. And all the bad meetups come out. Okay? Now, so that so you got to hit the core issue. Okay? Um... So, let's say we're dealing with our health. 
you know, well, there's dieting, there's exercising, there's all kinds of things. But you got to go to the, what's the core? The core is, this idea is, you, 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 you have to value what well-being is worth. If you really understand what well-being is worth and how valuable it is, then the other things will fall into place. And now he says such an amazing idea. So if going after the core is so important, why do not that many people do that? So he says, the core doesn't have any glitz. It doesn't have any shine. The core is always buried underneath the surface. He gives a beautiful example. You look, there are many beautiful homes in Thornhill. Many beautiful homes. And one is more beautiful than the next. And of course, it catches our eye. But really, it's a beautiful, beautiful house. I'd like to live in that house. But what was the first thing that was necessary for that beautiful house to exist? Foundation. A foundation. Now, you look at the guys who work on foundations, it's the most ugly, disgusting job. You're dealing with sand, mud, difficult things, rocks, everything, right? Now, nobody sees that. But if there wouldn't be someone to deal with the foundation, you wouldn't have a beautiful house. The house is beautiful. We see that. That's what we like. Yes, I'd like that house. Yeah, but to get that house, you've got to first get your feet stuck in the mud and do a lot of difficult work, right? The foundations are dirty. It's the dirty work, as they say, or the grungy activities. So it is with a person's service to Hashem. The structure is beautiful. You see a Talmud Chacham who is so refined in the way he speaks. It's a pleasure to be with the person. He never gets angry at anybody. It's amazing. He gives uh, classes. He gives shiurim. He uh, gives over, uh, he's on Torah anytime, right? But to get to be at that point, he had to work on the foundations. And the foundations was the dirty work. We all say, yes, I'd like to be that, that scholar. He gave a, he spoke in front of a thousand people. Whenever he walks in, people get up. Wow, they honor in this and that. He's just a beautiful person. Yes, I want to be that beautiful person. All right, we got to realize there was a, a foundation he had to work on. Years and years of a smudged learning. And that part, no one's interested in. Okay, that is the concept of the value of foundations. And to a certain extent, if we look at our patriarchs and matriarchs, which are the foundation of the Jewish people, especially as you look in this week's Parsha, boy, oh boy, was that a lot of dirty work. You look at this week's Parsha, you could see that Yaakov, it's only one miserable situation after another miserable situation. Yet, 
at the end of the day, what name does he get? He gets out of Yaakov, he becomes Yisrael, which as the Kleyokar learns, a little different spin, Yashar El, he looks Yashar as the, the Navi, you find it, the expression of seeing, not only straight, but seeing, seeing Hashem. He had a battle, it was a lot of work. He fought with the angel, he kicked up a storm. But he became Yisroel. He became a, a champion. He became the the, the, the the cream de la creme of, of the patriarchs. Do you notice any easy, comfortable times with any of the patriarchs? And there was Avram relaxing on a beach chair, reading a good book, having a good time. You see lots of pictures of Biden on vacation in, in Delaware, wrote up whatever. He's just sitting back and enjoying himself. But so what? It, it's very hard to learn safer braces. Look at all the suffering that went on. But that's where all the growth came from. Everyone likes next week's parsha. Next next book, Shmos. Get the Torah Sinai. Whoa, that's great stuff. But there has to be foundations you have to work at. And each and every one of them had big challenges in, in developing that foundation. So therefore, now that we have this little introduction about foundations, so now let's look at where is the foundation of your day? Okay? And this is where we're very lacking. The foundation is how we get up in the morning. Now, this is the real foundation. This is the real battle. If you win this battle, you've got the day. And that's why a lot of people don't have the day, because they don't have the foundation. If we're able to exploit the benefits that are hidden in the avodas haboker, the service of the morning, we've got the foundation for the whole day. And a lot of tests that we fail during the day we could have overcome them and not needed them if we would have gotten up in the morning properly. Okay, and again, the morning is not a time of grandiose visions. There's no, you know, bolts of lightning. In the morning, let's say if we're talking rabbinically, there's no amazing classes being given at seven o'clock in the morning. Or there's no important board meetings at seven o'clock in the morning. Doesn't exist. But that's still the foundation. So how can we expect to have a good day if we don't have the foundation? Now, you know, you have to ask, well, when does your day really start? Ask a non-Jew. Ask a secular Jew. When does his day really start? He could say when he gets to work, gets into the office. Okay, now it's getting to the office at nine o'clock, let's say. What time did he get up? Seven? Okay, so what happened from seven to nine? What happened to the foundation? Okay, again, I, I don't have any idea what a goy does, but I could imagine, just imagining, you get up and first things you check your emails. First thing. And then you scroll the internet to see what's happening in the world. 
and then you uh, and there may be some emails from overnight that you have to respond to and, and all that stuff and then you know you, maybe you wolf down breakfast now of course if you go to uh, when we were little children um, part of the advertising was breakfast is the main meal of the day you know why because that way we can sell you junk cereal and the kid says mommy give me I want some cereal I want some sugar coated chocolate flavored junk because it's the main part of the day that's right he gave it to that kid and he's impossible to deal with the rest of the day ah have some nice oatmeal with a little bit of fruit right that's 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 not an exciting that's not an exciting way to start the day no no you know it's an exciting way a really hot glazed donut you know with 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 hot chocolate now, come on isn't that a glitzy start for the day and that's at least six seven hundred calories and, and really that's only dessert maybe we should have some uh scrambled eggs and uh, with bagel you know buttered bagel and this and that wow you could start the day easily with 1500 to 2000 calories and then you know you feel like you got a rock in your stomach the whole day not a good way to people start not having anything it's also not a good way to start the day but then again breakfast is not glamorous now supper is glamorous lunch maybe Breakfast, not glamorous. The morning is not glamorous time, as we said before. And, and, and a lot of people, when they wake up, if they really are very body conscious, they look at, uh, especially, uh, not, nothing against women. And uh, I think women do not have to have makeup. It's not necessary. God gives you beautiful. I think they're ready to the women <laughs> But anyway, and, and they got to take whatever 15 minutes to make their face. I don't want anybody seeing me in the morning. You know, it could be. Maybe, you know, they've got a lot of false uh, things that they put on and cover up with. So, uh, so it, it's, that, that's the beginning of the day. And there's no glitz to it. And therefore, let's go a little bit further. How about davening? Okay, now, what's the real glitzy part of davening, if there's any part that's glitzy? That's the Shemona Esrei. That's standing before Hashem, delighting with Hashem. Even Kriyashma and the Brachas. You know, okay, Hashem, we're one with you. Tzuka and Zimra, songs of praise. At least there's some interest there. But Birchas HaShachar, the morning blessings? You know, you don't, you know, Anyam Kippur. The chazan for Musaf is supposed to be a really big chazan. Right? Musaf, Kol Nidre, Ne'ila, ooh, that's the good stuff. Okay, second best, Shachris, Mincha. Who, do, who does the morning blessings? Whoever's up that early. <laughs> Most people aren't in shul, ex- present company excluded. But in your typical shul, nobody's there. Only the suckers are there. And that's not a lot of excitement. But if we would realize that Birchus HaShachar is the assault of the day, that makes the whole thing go. So with this, that's why we have to spend time going through Birchus HaShachar, just to give you an idea 
Fate, Birchas, Ashachar, and Korbanos. Till we get to the beginning of Sukkot in this Sefer, which in this Sefer has 450 pages. Okay, that's, that's the whole Sefer. Okay, Birchas, Ashachar, 140 pages. That's like a third of the book. On a part that's less than a third of the pages you say in Davani. And doesn't seem to be a very important part to which he is saying, no, 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 it's the assault. So right away, what do you see? And it goes without saying, if a person comes late to Shul, what's the first thing he's skipping? On the other hand, a woman who doesn't have a lot of time to daven and davens at home, there's a lot to be said about the Shmon Esrei. There's a lot to be said about the Shema. But let's not minimize Berchus HaShachar. That's also important because you don't, you, you, don't, you don't start off with glitz. You start out with foundations. So you have to get that foundation. It's extremely important. And the foundation, there's like very few people in shul. It's late what? It's late. Yeah, I'm saying to get there early. Because this, this is this before the Chazan even gets up and says brachas. So you got to spend time. That, that is a crucial part of the entire prayer service. That's not very exciting, but it's so important. Okay, so let's start with the concept of what a bracha is. When you say the words Baruch Ato Hashem, so Chaim of Elohim, explains in his Sefer, Nefesh Chaim, that bracha comes from the word brecha. A brecha is like a, a, a channel, a reservoir of water that is able to give water, okay? And that's like a source of water. It's like a source. So when we say Baruch Atah Hashem, we're saying you are the source of blessing. That's an important foundation. Hashem, Baruch, uh, you, how many times say Baruch at Hashem during Baruch Hashem? A lot. About tw- more more than 20. More than 20 times saying Baruch at Hashem. You are the source of all blessing. And therefore, if there's a piece of bread I'm going to see during the day, okay, that bread comes from the source of blessing, which is Hashem. When you make a bracha, it permits you to take pleasure from something. As Gemara in bracha says, it says, Hashem ha'aretz umalalah, the world belongs to God. Another Pasuk says, the heavens belong to Hashem and the earth was given to man. So what's, who does the earth belong to? The answer is, before you make a bracha belongs to God, after you make a bracha belongs to you. And to understand this idea, Chazal, a marshal in the Medrash based on a Pesach and Mishle. Pesach and Mishle says, Ki Hashem yitain mipif. Hashem gives wisdom from his mouth. Hashem yitain mipiv das utvuna. And from his mouth comes intelligence, understanding. So the Medrash says, what's this compared to? To a rich person who has a son. So a son comes from school and he finds a communal plate of food on the table. So the father takes a piece and now gives him the communal plate. So he says to the son, would you like a little? 
He says, I only want the food that's ready in your mouth. So he took it out and he gave it to him. Why? Because Hashem, loved, he loves him so much, I'll even give you the food out of my mouth. So, Ki Hashem yitain chokhmah, Hashem gives wisdom, mipiv, from his mouth, das usfuna. Now what is this, an analogy? What are we saying the analogy is? The analogy is telling us, he says, the main part is that we have to know when we take from Hashem, we're not taking from a communal plate. That suggests distancing. We're taking it from Hashem's mouth completely. So to speak, I don't want to get into this too much, but you know, a lot of people do not like eating someone's leftovers. Even before COVID. Now, nobody wants, let's say you put some food in your mouth and your kid wants a piece. You take it out of your mouth and you give it to him. But, but what's the problem? What's wrong that it was in, in someone else's mouth? It's part of it, whatever that should be. Right? It's, it's, it, it, not only are you eating the food, you're eating some of the saliva from the person you love. You got to be really close. You know, when you eat, how many people eat off of the same plate together? That's supposed to be a, a romantic idea. One little plate, little two of you, and together you're just, oh, I took a little taste. Or how about when you have a box of chocolates? So, my wife is notorious at this. When, you know, you have like 10 different types of chocolates. So, what you gonna eat a whole chocolate? By the way, she eat, take a bite, and now, so then I'll take the other half. Ooh, gross! Huh? She's my wife, I love her. I take from her mouth. What do you mean? Like people are so self-absorbed and so alienated from others. But to understand, when Hashem gives us a gift, it's coming from His mouth. It's coming from His closeness. And that's why the rabbi says, any Talmud Chacham who sits himself and he's reading and learning Torah, it's like Hashem is reading next to him. That is a special closeness that one can have with Hashem. We're saying, I don't want, except only that comes from your mouth. Hashem gives from his mouth, so to speak. You can give a gift through a messenger. But you can give, and you can do something closer, hand to hand. But the closest is from your mouth. Okay? So, when a person's eating a piece of bread, and he makes the brach of a lechem in aretz, what's he doing? He's opening up the, the pipes. He's opening up the wellspring between him and Hashem. You're going right to the source. When you make the bracha, it's coming out of God's mouth, as it were. Okay? And instead of finding the peace on the road or somewhere else, right, you're getting it directly from Hashem. Even Hashem is, as it were, in terms of metaphor, millions of miles away. But you're getting it straight from the source of that. And therefore, that piece of bread serves as a tool to bind you with the source of brachas. 
So when a Jew is eating a piece of bread, if he would just reflect and see what kind of an awesome experience this is. The bread is a tooth, a tool to combine you with Hashem, and that's what the bracha is doing. Okay. However, for many of us in this world, we think it's the opposite. We make a bracha so we can eat the bread. Aye, but we know there are great tzaddikim who only ate the bread so they can make a bracha. Guy says, I, 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 I want to be able to thank Hashem for food, but I can't if I don't eat the food. There's famous stories you all know about this. So the bread is just a means to be able to connect and get something from Hashem's mouth. Okay, so now one bracha in the morning connects us with Hashem for the whole day. And we got more than one bracha. Okay, and the purpose of the birchas ashachar is to connect us with Hashem and with these brachas about natural living. This is not esoteric ideas. Remember, we're in the world of Asiya, right down here in the natural world. Every breath that we take, right, is holy. And that's we want to take our daily life and make it holy. What does holy mean? Shared with Hashem. It's a vehicle to connect to Hashem. I'm able to see. Why am I able to see? Because that's how I could appreciate a Kodesh Baruch Hu more. My clothing, my standing erect, my walking. Okay? You're making all of this from everything. You're making it a base on Megdash in order to enter in Kedusha. In my world, the more we get from Hashem's expansive hand, there's more Kedusha, and that's the goal of the Brachas. So now, just like anything, there's always a concept of a body and a soul, the external and the internal. So the essential brachos will say, the brachos say is like the body. It's just words. It's just words. Right? But they're able to connect us whether we have kavana or not. But if we add the kavana, we merit to, merit to live with that thought, and that becomes the soul of the bracha. So in other words, the body of the bracha says, okay, I can't enjoy anything in this world unless God gives me permission. True, you already have a certain connection. But if you want to get it from his mouth, you're saying the bracha, I'm getting it right from Hashem, from Hashem, and that is what is what's all about. It's a sanctify everything. Okay. Now that is the core of what we're, we're doing over here. And more than this, there's another rule when it comes to Torah learning that the beginning and the end are really integrally connected to each other. When we look at the beginning, it's because we're, we're looking at the end. And by the end, we're looking back at the beginning. So let's look at all the worlds that Hashem created. Okay? From all the worlds that Hashem created, He's here in this world. He's in this world. Now, you can get close to Hashem now much more uh, than in Olam Haba. Even though Olam Haba is a much more glitzy place, right? But uh, but we're not there yet. The beginning is Olam Haza. So Olam Haza is the beginning. Elohim is the end. We're supposed to connect them straight through. 
So therefore, Dafka in this world that is so physical and the revelation of Hashem is so distant, Dafka here is where we can come to Hashem closer from all the other worlds because there are wellsprings of Kedusha. Okay? So let's just give an example of this and then we'll end for today. When a person kisses a Sefer Torah, what is he kissing? The cloth. Is that what you're really kissing? No, the Sefer Torah is an aspect of connection to Hashem. So it's like you're really kissing Hashem. I'm by, I'm, I'm bonding with Hashem way inside when I'm kissing that cloth. Alright. So now the power that a person can achieve, that strength that he can get through physical things in the world is an awesome thing. And a certain way that uh, you can get more from these wondrous things in this world right now than what Olam Haba has to present. Why? Because at the end of the day, this is the world that's closer to us right now. At the end of the day, we're sensory types of people. And the more you can understand this idea, right? Uh, now, if you can understand better, but still that's only in thought, right? But in your thought, but you still, and then you can understand with your thought, what, why is there a taste to the apple? But the apple is lamaisa, what you sense. How do we start Shabbos? We make Kiddush on wine, not on a book of Tehillim. Because at the end of the day, the whole Sefer Tehillim is Kaddish. Yes. But what about the cup of wine? We can feel it. We can taste it more. And no one can say they're not part of that. Even if you're a tzaddik, you do, wine does taste like wine. That's all you're this world. Our world, this world, is the world of sensory things. And if we can find Hashem here in the world of the senses, if in this world we understood who understand who creates all these things and we get close to them, that becomes the foundation for greatness that cannot be compared to anything else. Okay? And therefore, naturally, someone who is searching for Tvekas usually will go to the base medrash, go to the shul. But, and other than that, it seems to be hard. But the more, but, but at the end of the day, how much Tvekas do you get? But you're not with Hashem in the world of the senses. And that's the purpose of Birchus Hashachar. It opens up the wellsprings of Bracha within the sensory things. And that's why it becomes the core of the day. We'll stop over here. There's many more parts to this, which we will continue Monday, Be Ezra Sashem. We are our foundation, like.